0: Hey, it's Jordan Sheridan with Beat the Press. I am, uh, these are the early days, so the setup isn't ideal. Uh, I'm in my bedroom here trying to get away from the New York City sirens. Uh, but I am here with LaDonna Bravebo Allard. We've spoken many times uh, in person uh, during the No Dappo movement. And uh, I wanted to connect with you. Uh, there's still a lot going on uh, as far as uh, legal cases uh, in the background uh, going on, as far as the Dakota Access Pipeline, obviously the pipeline is spilled uh, at least five times that we know of, I think probably more than that. Uh, the other threats uh, facing, not just Standing Rock, but Native Americans uh, across the country. Uh, but wanted to ask you first, uh, that fortunately, um, you recently had a loss. I met your husband uh, at the you No know, Dapple Camp. Seemed like a really beautiful man to me. Can you tell me about Miles and uh, anything you want to share?
1: So, um, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I'm LaDonna. Uh, it's been a, uh, probably a life-changing couple of months. My husband uh, passed away February 8th. Um, from a heart attack, uh, which was something unforeseen. Um, Trying to figure out life, who I am again, because I'm telling you, my husband and all his prayers and standing by me made me fearless. And so I have to figure out, am I still that fearless person? Um, He... As everybody knows, who knows about my miles, he was a teacher here. He taught after school programs. He taught cultural programs on the weekends. He was part of ceremony and prayer. And for everything I did, he always went into prayer and ceremony for me. So I knew I would be all right. And it is a, a great change. Um, I'm still trying to figure out everything. One of the things that he did, consciously or unconsciously, is he had a whole realm of people set up to take care of me. I have not been alone since he left me. He's adopted almost 40 kids and all of these kids have been here with me, helping me. And I think I'm gonna be all right. I think that now, as things transpire, he's right here at my side with everything I do. I um, don't know if anybody can understand uh, what a great loss it is for me. Because I could do anything and he was always here. But with that, I think we just got to put one step in front of the other and move forward. Um, my life has been in constant change since on February um, 28th, which was the day they issued and started closing down Sacred Stone. As um, I don't know if anybody's seen our video and our song we created for our uh, one-year commemoration of when the camps were closed and what we've been doing since then, and that is where a lot of people don't know. They think everything went quiet, nobody's doing anything, but we've been really working hard. So here we have um, went. And we started a process from the day the camp closed. I remember sitting there when the police forbid me to go in. And what do we do now? And so I remember telling people, put seed in the ground. Clean up your environments. Just do it. So we started in the community of Cannonball. We did a huge cleanup there. Uh, the day the police were coming in to close off the, our our roads, we had loaded up semi-trucks of food and carried them to every home in Cannonball. And then we went and asked the people, what do you want? And they said trees. So we planted 350 trees in Cannonball community. And we did a second cleanup and we fed the community. And then we thought, now what? So we held a big youth conference a youth festival where we brought kids in to learn about media. Mm. We taught them how to fly drones, we taught them how to take pictures, how to do, produce their own movies and edit. Because I truly believe that the next story is the youth and what is happening to their eyes. And with that, with the next story, what are we doing? What are we doing as people? This is not, uh, oh, the pipelines put in and everything ended. That's not what happened. We are still in court fighting. Um, yesterday, if people don't know, we had our first cons- legal consultation with the Army Corps of Engineers in the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, according to the court order that we have. And so yesterday at the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe was the first Army Corps consultation on DAPL. Don't you think that's kind of a, a misnomer? Shouldn't that have been done before? They talked about putting a pipeline in. But anyway.
0: Uh, according, according, to the Army Corps, the, according to the Army Corps, the tribe was involved the whole way, but we know that's not true.
1: Yeah. well, we were involved, we weren't. We weren't acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And so um, yesterday was the first consultation with the Army Corps. And... PRIBE informed that the human rights lawsuits will be now going through. Uh, We are hoping to have the dog uh, attacks going through soon. With our deer water protectors, there were over 800 cases. And in the state of North Dakota, I think we're down to some 200 and some left. State of North Dakota is at the position where this is costing them way too much money, employees, etc., to handle the cases. I was there, and I don't know if many people know this, but I was there when the judge sent out a survey to the people who would be serving on the jury. And he said he was dismayed at what came back. 90%. We're against the water protectors, our Native Americans. And the judge said there is no possible way for any water protector to get a fair trial in North Dakota. Mm. That is shocking. Then, um, and then the next thing was, okay, we'll offer plea agreements because you go to trial, it's not going to be fair. And that is not right either because then people have to plead guilty to things they didn't do. So now they have a new process where you come in, you do not have to plead guilty, but you take an agreement. So um, all of these things are working in the, the legal field. I know that there are some trials coming up. I hope that everybody comes and supports the water protectors because many of the people who came here We're around for the first rounds of court hearings, and now many people have went to their homes. And so there are a few people here to support the people who are coming in. So I ask everybody to continue to support the water protectors. We here at Sacred Stone are still working. We, um, I don't know if anybody knows, but we decided to do a project on how to show the world you can produce green energy On a low budget. So we produced um, a solar trailer that has wind, energy, internet, and water purification system. We are working with MIT out of Boston to look at this trailer as possibly being used in areas of refugee camps and hopefully other camps across the United States, and encouraging people to um, do their homes with wind or solar. That's one project, and I don't know how many people understand the whole ramification of what's coming down for tribal people. So with the current president, most of the budgets going to the tribes have been cut some by 50%. So fuel assistance, uh, elderly feeding programs, youth feeding programs, education programs. Um, transportation, we can go on, the list is long. And all of these budgets have been cut, including our hospital and clinic and healthcare budgets.
0: And I think it's important to add to that, while your programs have been cut, the federal government has reimbursed the North Dakota, uh, quote-unquote, law enforcement, Morden County, uh, for their quote-unquote law enforcement needs, which was, as we saw, essentially terrorizing unarmed people. So as, you're being, as, as impoverished people are being cut, their services cut further, federal government's paying back North Dakota's uh, law enforcement for the militariz- militarization and brutalization of natives and environmental activists.
1: So with the tribe, I tried to explain to people, Sunny Rock Sioux Tribe was already impoverished before the No Dapple movement. After the movement, we are three times more impoverished. And um, I had one of the girls go... Um, as we took food down to the elders, I said, you need to go, just go and see because we can say all kinds of things and people don't believe us, but you need to go see. And she said, LaDonna, I walk in the house and these people have no food. I said, I told you, there are people with no electricity and no heat living in their homes because they can't afford them right now. There are children with no food and I don't think people can really comprehend The type of poverty that is on the reservation. There were massive amounts of people that came here, uh, made money, left, and that money did not come here. So, with North Dakota, their idea was to punish the tribes for standing up. And that was the whole thing of closing down the bridge and the roads um, to starve us economically. And then by doing that, then also eliminating our economic systems that we have. And so now the people are really impoverished. And so we're trying to figure out ways to help ourselves. And one of those things is is planting um, gardens, distributing our produce, um, teaching natural ways to preserve our food. Um, trying to help each other we're trying to do community helping community because um, things haven't changed we will continue to stand up and if anybody knows who we are we have always stood up and just because the pipeline is doesn't mean it's going to stay there <laughs> but wrong yeah. is wrong
0: Now, let me ask you, uh, I did a video on this yesterday, but you have Energy Tensor Partners, who's obviously, uh, they are co-defendants with the Army Corps. You know, they're claiming that they have tried to meet with the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe for months and months. Uh, The reality is uh, they haven't provided the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe uh, very necessary technical information as far as uh, what is their oil spill response model. Uh, What is their plan for inclement weather if there's a spill? Many technical matters that the tribe asked for. But in a recent court filing, uh, they, on top of digging a pipeline through your land, they have now said uh, the tribe is living on, quote, an alternate universe. What is is your response to that?
1: An alternate universe? Oh, you mean the real world? Where life exists, where human beings live, where living beings like the plants and animals and medicine live? Yes, I would say we do, because we understand water comes first. And with water we live, without water we die. There is no other world than that. And they can tell us we live in an alternate universe, but they can't drink oil either.
0: And... You know, I think it's important when I do get back in the field, I want to come back to cannonball. And, you know, during the No Dapo movement, obviously it was very chaotic and there was activity every day and a lot of chaos. So a lot of the poverty and racism issues and issues of women being kidnapped and assaulted and many other things that really are like a dark cloud hanging over you. Can you kind of talk about um, once the cameras have left, once the, act, the activists have left, you mentioned the poverty. Uh, can you kind of talk about other things that the tribe is dealing with that people wouldn't know about?
1: So for us, I, I just have to talk personally about us. It's been a really long and hard year. So starting off after the camps closed, we had our um, Dapple mercenaries who followed us, who camped in front of our homes. We had the police who spotlighted our homes. We were followed everywhere. Um, The helicopters, the planes just never left. They're still here today.
0: And why are they following you after the fact?
1: I, I don't know. Why are they? I know that our dear friend, Sheriff Kirschmeyer, keeps a track of everything we post. I know that when we buried my husband, where I buried my son, we put up a teepee on top of the hill. We put a long white flag to let everybody understand that this is a widow's teepee. And we put it up there to honor my husband's death. And the helicopters and planes came. The PIA police actually pulled up and went inside the teepee to see what was happening. And I'm thinking... We have not done anything. We have sang, prayed, and followed our traditions. The, it is like being targeted. We have lived in a very strange life now where the first conquer, and so we live with a lot of he shed, sea um, shed things where um, everybody has all these millions, but none of us have any money. Uh, we're all vacationing across the world, but nobody's vacationing anywhere. Um, and sometimes I look and think about all the things that are out there, and and I was like, where do these people come up with these ideas?
0: Yeah, because you've been, you know, there's been theories that you took money and um, had this extravagant, uh, whatever, uh, you know, financial improprietary. Uh, we've heard that. First about other people, but from what I can see, um, you don't seem to be rolling in it.
1: (laughs) No, in fact, right now, um, since my husband passed away, we're barely keeping the lights on. I drive my same blue truck. We don't have any expenses. The camp money, which people don't understand, went to the camp. And um, when you do, and by the way, I never did do a GoFundMe account. One was created in the benefit of me. But when you do that, the amount, the total stays on the site, it doesn't tell you how much was extracted from the site. So people pull it up and it says, oh, $3 million was made. It doesn't say $3 million was spent before 2016 ended. Mm-hmm. So, But these are neither here nor there. We, we um, did not make any money. In fact, most of the water detectors I have come across don't have much, are struggling for gas money, trying to get to uh, an event to earn action. So I don't see anybody rolling in millions anywhere. Mm -hmm. What I do see from the water protectors is this idealism of family. We are now all connected by this event in history that when any of the water protectors see each other, it's like seeing Seen somebody that your brother, your sister, your family, and that's what I've been seeing. And people talking about what camp was like for them, this idealism of of we could we could live together, we could live on this earth, we could live in a time where a song and prayer and dance was a part of our lives, where we could work together, no matter what color, race, creed, religion you are. You can do things together. It was a reality we've seen, and I think people want to hold on to that reality. And people also believe if we did that once, we could do it again. And so this belief has spread all over the place. People ask me what I think of Sanding Rock, because we're not the reservation anymore were any movement and I said I think things were supposed to happen the way they happened because it was just to give you a glimpse of what life could be like to take those seeds wherever you're from and spread them to make a change in the world and And it's not about any one place, any one environment. It's about all of us in this together. So I think it's just like it just showed us something.
0: And, you know, it's interesting because I have seen uh, since the Standing Rock movement, um, you just mentioned it. There's just, I mean, endless rumors and he said, she said, and it's like a game of digital telephone where uh, rumors start in this corner of the internet, they move to this corner of the internet and 20 minutes later, it's a fact. Um, and I think that the divisions that have been sowed um, by a lot of activists in fighting and all this stuff, which happens in every movement, uh, mm-hmm. it seems to me that uh, the, the DAPL <laughs> uh, future, oil companies, uh, future private military companies that work with oil companies, that's kind of what they thrive on, uh, sowing division among environmental activists or Native Americans. Um, you know, Keystone is gearing back up. You have Line 3 going across uh, the Midwest, the Rover Pipeline in Ohio, Transpecos Pipeline in Texas. I can't, I could go on, Bayou Bridge in Louisiana that a permit was just denied. What? For the, for the for the fights currently in process, what what do you feel in terms of how people can come together now? Because a lot of people are burnt out, also.
1: Well, yes, yes, it it is it is getting to the point where like, oh my god, I don't want to hear it anymore. But it, it continues, and and the reality and the difference. What I see the difference is is we're talking to each other. We're talking to each other and that frightens them. A military strategy is divide and conquer. We as Native Americans have been a part of this divide and conquer strategy forever. They initially make gossip and rumor. If you can repeat things three times, you can make somebody believe almost anything. And we watched that. We watched the unity of what was happening we also watched the divide and conquer that was happening. There is a lot of really good people across the world who understand that component, and there are people who have so much trauma in their lives that they're willing to believe the gossip and rumor. And when it came to the water protectors, we're in all of those modes. We come from urban areas. We come from... Um, I would say, aged out people, people aged out of foster care. Uh, The United States society is a traumatized society. And so it's easy to spread discord. And that's what I see happening right now. But I also see the strength that's also happening of us all talking together, encouraging each other. I don't know what I would have ever done without... Puya from Hawaii, calling me, encouraging me. She always knew when the day was the hardest, she would call and encourage me, as I would call and encourage her. And this component has been going all over, as I call Claudia or Bitsy or all the other women who are standing up all over the place, encouraging each other. And I think that is the difference. Mm. And I think that outweighs the divide and conquer. I think they think they won. I know they have not even seen what's coming. So back to our other projects. Our divestment movement is moving really well. We will be going for a second insulation across the world and we are in the billions of divestment from banks from banks we also now have have went and started talking to the insurance companies that insure these people and we also decided to go to the people who credit rate these people Mm. and Then, of course, we're supporting the Rapporteur in the U.N. for her human rights violation reports, and we hope to be in the U.N. in, I think it's in April here, to re-put back in the human rights violations that happened here on American soil, and those are all components that relate to the whole rest of the world. Now, as we are standing up for offshore drilling in Portugal, offshore drilling in Finland and Norway, we are offering to all stand together. And to me, that's empowerment. I am watching people be empowered. I am also watching, as you know, them going after people who are a voice, trying to discredit them, trying to bring them down. And I think once we understand the military strategy of divide and conquer, we can still continue to stand. I don't know if people even understand all the stuff that we have been doing. I know that I have to help my community, but I cannot help my community by asking the government to come and save us to ask the tribal government to come and save us, we must stand up and save ourselves. Our first and foremost is the water. The major component for everything is the water. And nothing has changed. It is still the water. I'm trying to institute a worldwide movement right now, starting with Earth Day of uh, April 22nd, to start asking everybody to go to their Oceans, seas, creeks, ponds, lakes, rivers, and just start very small and pick up trash. We can make a difference by just doing one step at a time, picking up and cleaning up our rivers. So we're going to start here on Sandy Rock and start with the Missouri River. I think we got like 120 miles of river here. You've got to walk the talk. And that's really hard to do. And so we are cleaning up. We have people here from the Sacred Zone who have been going and starting to clean up the community. How do you make change one step at a time? Nothing has stopped. It has only just got started. We have only just got started.
0: And I want to ask you because let me tell you something. Whether it's the current president, whether it's... um, the gun violence, healthcare, uh, opioid epidemic, there's a lot of people that really could use that Native American uh, prayer inside them. Uh, For example, I'm not the most religious person, uh, but how 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 does, you can't speak for the whole tribe, but how do you keep that prayer? I know it's a part of your DNA. When the pipeline's under the ground, you're still being attacked by the oil company, this president has opened season on, uh, for drilling and uh, clean water, uh, de- deregulating clean water and all these things. The current EPA administrator doesn't even believe in climate change. Can you kind of talk about how is it harder than ever to really tap into that prayer and speaking with your ancestors?
1: No. You know, um like I said, my husband, he prayed for me all the time. He went to ceremony to support me. And in my home, it's always been like that. And and since he has left this world, I've had people come into my home every night to sing ceremonial songs, to smudge my home, um, and to pray. And I think for me, that is the core and maybe for me, that's what makes us so fearless. We, uh, and I don't want to, people to think that we're hunky peace, love, and kind. We are not. We believe in prayer. We will pray and then we will fight you to the death. There is a difference. And for us, we have been surviving in our own homeland, in our own home, like this. And I never asked anybody to come here and do this to us. And I am, I'm old now. And I really don't have this great long future. I've done everything in my life. Right now, in this moment, it is giving my life to make sure my grandchildren can have clean water, to make sure they can see what I see on the Cannonball River. And what people forget, you know, I take away all the garbage and the, the camps and the pipeline and all of, take it all away. This is still my home. I don't have no place else to go. This is my home. I grew up on that cannibal. My family is buried on that river. This is my home. It's not like all the grandiose people who came and and stood up for the water and all went back to their homes. I have no place to go. This is my home. I must stand here and fight, even if I fight by myself. And just because the pipeline is in does not mean it will stay in there. I truly believe, whether it's in a court of law or outside the court of law, we will win. Because our prophecy says so. We just must not back down. And if I have to sing and pray every day out there, I'll sing and pray out there. With my shovel. Hey, I'm i not tell me I can't talk about shovels. <laughs> I was like, let's go just stick it up. No, I can't say that.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's interesting because uh, I don't know how much news you watch, but we see in the media just this hysteria about our democracy is under attack by the Russians and now... Hysteria stereo over the president's extramarital affairs and all, uh, a lot of tension and worry and uh, hyperbia, hyperbola about things have been dramatic, gotten dramatically worse, but there's no focus on the epidemic of the planet being destroyed, uh, the water being contaminated, not just in Standing Rock, but in Flint and other places. Uh, To me, the real alternate universe is what the media is putting out there, Um, which is why I'm very happy that you said before you're working on a a media project and uh, we could continue speaking.
1: So, with us, who controls the narrative? The narrative that's coming out are, as I say, the yellow journalism that's coming out across the TV and the airwaves is a way to control who controls the narrative. I am not going to be letting the narrative control me. I want to control the narrative. How do you control the narrative? You teach the young people to tell their own stories. The young people are the ones that have the answer. And so if they can just come out and and show, that's what I learned about camp. And uh, when the camp started, you know, I remember Baba Jean and I was like, well, how do we do this? Well, Grandma, you go on Facebook. Mm-hmm. What do I do there? Okay, Grandma, we got this Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, live stream. Well, what's a live stream? You know, they had to show me what a live stream was. They have the knowledge to touch the world. Now I want our young people to use that knowledge to tell their story from their own eyes, who controls the narrative. To me, we are not asking for anybody to be harmed, hurt. We are asking for clean, safe water. We are asking for a clean environment. We are asking for our children to be allowed to live. To me, that is not a harmful thing, but it's creating a harmful environment. And so we must control the narrative. So right now, we now have a media bus. We are going to the communities here, loading up kids with cameras and saying, tell us your story. And we'll show you how to edit and produce your own because their stories are amazing. And we do know, that's one thing I learned, who controls the media. Somebody can take something about you and splash it all over the media, and everybody believes it, and then you're stuck, and instead of going through all the motions of defending yourself, you have to take back control of that media and put out a positive story. And so that's what we've been trying to do, trying to teach how do you control the narrative. I don't want people to be saying, I have seen it, Oh, Standing Rock failed. When in fact, we're still in this fight. Everybody left. We're still fighting. We're still in the court of law. We still have water protectors that are going to trial. We still have everything on the ground. We have periodically went down and cleaned the campsites and continue to do that. And I don't know if you've seen, but we now made um, this laminated little sign saying, this is where the kitchen was, this is where, so that if anybody comes down, they can see. Yeah. This is where life was. And I think that um, controlling the narrative is our first and most empowerment thing we can do as a people. And for me, I'm still here, I'm still standing. I'm not gonna change. I still come from a long line of big mouth women. My heart is a little broken, but that's okay, I understand life, And I do know that uh, my husband is not here, but he's always right behind me. And so I have no fear. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, and your dog just joined the narrative, barking to <laughs> <So> say hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: he's, that's Sundance's dog. He's outside.
0: <laughs> I want to. Uh, I want to thank you. Uh, I think it's important to follow up with people uh, and keep this in the news because, like you said, there are still things uh, happening in the court of law, but also in setting up renewable energy projects and other projects you spoke about and I'm going to try my best to keep attention because there's more than just the pipeline and the environmental issues there are other native issues that I think are, are very important to keep out there or get out there for the first time so uh, we will see each other in person uh, soon enough and uh, my heart goes out to you on, on your loss and uh, I met your husband seemed like a very gentle uh, gentleman with a beautiful smile too so Uh, uh, I'm with
1: you, and thank you for joining me. All right. You have a great day, John. It's so good to hear from you again. Bye-bye.